This is the Ed Marlin Show. Okay, my guest today is one of the greatest golfers of his generation, although he was just sharing with me that it didn't necessarily start out that way. This is somebody who is not even the number one golfer on his high school golf team and rarely played to number one in college. In fact, I was reading that he did not even make first team all-conference in college, and then he ends up going on to be, and listen to this, everybody, he joins a few guys you may have heard of before. He joins Sam Sneed, Seve Ballesteros, Nick Faldo, and two guys named Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods in the history of the sport he's chosen, or has chosen him, called golf, as the only men in the history of that game to win both the Masters and the Open Championship at St. Andrews. And so quite a leap from number two or three in high school to joining Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, Sneed, Ballesteros, and Faldo. So, Zach, thank you for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ed. It's going to be good. I want to read something to you you said, and what I want to do today, I think your great strength is your mental game and your mental approach to the sport, and, you know, I have these theories, and one of them is that, you know, you're a, I, the more I've been around you, I've seen you're a business, kind of like what Jay-Z says, you're, you're not a businessman, you're a businessman, and the, the game of golf is a business, and the more and more I'm around business people, I think they need to train and prepare like athletes do in this generation mm. to be a modern a modern, successful business person. And I think more and more athletes have started to train like business people. And so mm. I want to talk about that a little bit. I read, I was reading something you said. You said, everybody talks about this guy's got so much talent because he hits it so far, referencing other guys. And he's so athletic, blah, blah, blah. And you said, I understand that, but that's physical talent. There's also mental talent. And that's something I strive to get better at. I've always relished the fact that I can withstand the difficult tests. Some guys fold, some guys falter, and I'm not suggesting all of them do because some guys are better than me in this regard, but I love being in difficult situations and having to execute. You said in basketball terms, I want the ball, I want the last shot. I'm not saying I'm definitely going to make it, but I'm not going to pass it either. I'm going to shoot it, and I like that mentality. That's how I was raised. I thought, well, that's how he was raised. So your dad used to say to you, supposedly, winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. What, did, what does that mean for you? And did he say that? Mm. Really? Did he say that? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. Uh, you, what you just recited is something that I continue to, you know, I, I bring that out and tell myself uh, exactly that in, in a lot of instances. I certainly tell kids that. I tell uh, other athletes that. And, and, and individuals, you know, like you mentioned, that in the business world, I mean, you know, it is such an individual game, you know, in the sense that really when it comes down to it, the execution, execution of shots are, are what people notice or what, this, you know, your scorecard is indicative of. But, you know, there's more to it than just, you know, hitting a ball and hitting again. There, there's so much that goes on outside the ropes, inside the ropes. There's so much between the years, uh, you know, in, in the process of the game and the process of each year, each week. You know, I mean, there, there's certain instances for me where, you know, making cuts is, is almost irrelevant. It's where's the improvement? Where What's lacking? What's, you know, what do I need to work on? Turning the negatives into positives and all that, all that kind of mentality that, you know, I think athletes have to have. I mean, the, the best ones in the, in the game and their sport, you know, really don't fixate on, you know, I guess you would say the outcome. They, they're they're more concerned about how to get there, and and when you get there, you know, you relish that, and certainly want to improve all all along. But um, 
I've got a great team of individuals, as you know, as you know, Ed, and, and guys that I trust and trust me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the most dominating guy physically, but I think, you know, as an athlete that, that isn't always necessary, especially in this, in this game of golf that's so mentally demanding. Uh, there, there's just, there's just more to it than a 315 yard carry. Yeah, the, it's interesting you say. I was looking at your team, and you've got, I think, probably starts, you'd agree with your wife, Kim. But, but I look at, you got this trainer, Troy, Damon's your caddy, Bender's your swing guy, Brad's your manager, Moe's your mental mm-hmm. coach. You've got this group around you, and they were saying what you just said about you. I was sitting on the range when you are hitting balls a couple weeks ago with Brad, mm-hmm. and he said, maybe you could elaborate on this, because business people face this too, right? Like, not everybody's the most gifted communicator or the best sales guy or the most boisterous, necessarily. But the guys that, sure. end, up, the guys that end up winning are grinders. They're competitors, sure. right? And, and, I was, sure. You, sure. and they perform under pressure. You know, if they, it's a big sale, they can close it. If it's a presentation, they give it. They do their best under pressure. And it's, Brad said to me, I go, what is it with him? Because I've played with you. I mean, you're... You're an unbelievable yeah. player. You're one of the best of your generation, but you're not. You don't bomb at 340. And, right. And and he said his gift, his talent, is a is a bigger talent, which is under pressure. He executes as well as he does when there isn't pressure. Maybe even a little yeah. bit better. And most of the guys he plays with, they're pretty good on Friday. They might be all right on Saturday, but Sunday on the back nine, when they need to make a shot, he can make it. And is that true? Yeah. How did you get that? Were you are you that way naturally, or is that something you've worked on with Mo? Or what is that? Yeah, I, I think it's probably it's probably a combination of a few things. I mean, you know, for me, I, I relish the opportunity where the nerves are heightened. I relish the opportunity where truly, you know, the execution of the shot is is is, is pressure packed. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I practiced, and and you know, I've got certain drills and certain games i guess you will that i play with myself that allows me to you know somewhat mimic those situations to you know without you know actually being in it but you know as a kid as a as an athlete as a kid i mean my my life was sports as a kid and um you kind of said it golf picked me you know i mean i really didn't pick it i would have rather played probably anything else but um as a kid i, I like the underdog story i like the individuals the teams that you know weren't supposed to you know i mean their backs were against the wall and and you know they they stepped up i mean growing up in iowa you know it's all up there it's all college sports and it was all those teams up there that you know had talent certainly and then but you know it it was it was the teams that could rise up to the difficult situations and occasionally knock off the big guys and i've Mm. I've always had that mentality. i've always loved that you know Mm. regardless of who it is or, or what team it is um, so that's always been embedded in me. And then with, with Dr. Mo, what I've learned with him Ed, is, you know, I, I think that's probably an innate trait I have or mm-hmm. an intangible piece of uh, competition I have instilled in me. Mm-hmm. But alongside of that, what I've learned, and, and this is the part that I think I've trained myself with, is, is you know, I'm not going to wow you with a drive. I mean, I, unless you get wild with accuracy and boring shots, <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. not going to wow you. Mm-hmm. But what I can wow you is, just that I, I can I can continually hit consistent shots I, I, I keep the golf course in front of me and I don't you know put myself out of out of play too much mm-hmm. and in and, and this game over 72 holes that can pay dividends mm-hmm. more than that what I've really learned and understood is 
what I need to practice and what, mm. what I'm good at. Going back to what you were talking about in the business world, what aspects of golf am I good at and what can I make better? Mm. You know, everybody talks about, well, I, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I got to work on my weaknesses. Well, well, of course you do. But your strengths are your strengths, and you're, that's probably what got you where you are. Why not improve those? Why not sharpen those and polish those? So for me, it's my accuracy with my tee shots. It's my wedge playing. And obviously, in the game of golf, you got to putt well. And I'm not suggesting I'm a great putter, but anybody that's putting on the weekend and they're on television, specifically on Sunday, they're putting pretty well. So, you know, the bottom line is, is I, there's about two or three things in my game. When I go to the range, when I leave the house and practice, you know, I'm going to hit my six iron. I'm going to practice some eight irons. You know, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to hit more drivers, wedges, and a lot of putters. And that's that's really what what does it. Those aspects are what are going to allow me to climb the leaderboard. I watched the Open. You bogey the 17th hole on the last day, right? And so you're on the 18th hole. You got, I think it's like about a 25-foot putt. And that putt, inevitably, if you make it, it's going to put you in a playoff to win the Cleric Jug, right? You ha- This actually happened to you. And yeah. so you're over that putt. I'm just curious. You're over that putt. You and Damon are you're reading the putt. If he helps you read the putt, do you for a second reflect on all the grind you've put in and all the work? Does that give you comfort, confidence, or what are you thinking in that second? I'm curious. It, what goes into you won yeah. the championship? What's in your head in that second? I, I would say most of the time, no. I mean, you know, all the time and and you know, work and energy I put in does not go, does not, you know, surface in that instance. But what does surface is fortunately in that instance, because that one was very vivid still in my mind is, is exactly what that putt was. What exactly was in front of me? It, well, it was, like you said, it was about a 25 foot putt, a little left to right mm-hmm. at the bottom of the, t- towards the hole. It, it kind of flattens out. It might even go left based on what Damon had seen in his yardage book and from previous tournaments there. We kind of knew that pin placement leveled off. We knew that. So, fortunately, I had all that, you know, I had all the information. At that, you know, it comes down to execution. And the last thing that went through my mind was speed. And, you know, I mean, because the bottom line is you, you might know the line perfect, but one, you got to hit it on it. And two, even if you hit it on it, it may not go on if you don't have the right speed. So, fortunately, the speed was the last thing that went through my mind, and I'm very grateful for that. I mean, that, that's something that, you know, I continue to tell junior players, other pros is, you can make a putt a number of different ways, but your speed is ultimately the most important. And, and fortunately, in that instance, that's, that's, what, that's what surfaced for me. Um, no, what's, you know, what's interesting about that, just I want to say this to you, just from like a business side for people that are listening to this, a couple of things you said in the last five minutes is bear repeating. That one is that this simple, repeatable, kind of mundane routine gives you security. That's what, I think that's what helps everybody perform under pressure is something they do that's repeatable. Right, it's reflexive. You don't have to think about the million putts you've hit because it's a reflexive action for you. Just like somebody who's mm-hmm. well drilled and well practiced in their presentation, for example. And then the other piece, just to reinforce it, is you're in the moment. Is really what you just said. You say I don't have time to think about. It. I'm in that moment, and that's a lot of people. It's difficult because there are guys who have had that putt that are thinking, if I make this, what if I don't? They're they they move forward into the future of what it might look like if they do or don't. Whereas it sounds to me as if you were so in the moment, you didn't have time for other thoughts. Is that accurate? Oh, without a question. That is, that is exactly right. What exactly is in front of me? And that the single solitary stroke in front of me is a 25-foot putt left to right that might level off in the end, and that's, that's all. Hmm. And, and at that point, 
it, you really got to get down to how you prepared, trust in that. All I mean, like you said, it, it's all the time and all the energy and all the work you put in. You're not, you don't have to reflect on it, but that should instill confidence. You've been in that situation before. And so it really, it just comes down to, you know, for me, routine, trusting my routine, the process of that. And, and then, you know, the execution is what I can control. I can control, you know, how many steps I take to the, to go into the putt. I can take, you know, how many practice strokes I take, how many looks I have at the hole, etc. And after that, the, the outcome, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but I can't, I can't do anything more than what I know yeah. and what I can control. The outcome will take care of itself. Is the routine the same every time when you're over a putt? Does your pre- it should be. So it you- should be. I'm not suggesting it is every time. I mean, every shot's different, but at, at the same time, it, it really should be. I mean, that's, you know, that's why I have Dr. Mo. That's why I have those coaches, and, and that's something that I continue to try to own and craft. I mean, it, it really should be. I mean, we always think of examples, and granted, it's kind of pertinent right now because he's making a comeback, thankfully. Yeah. If you look at Tiger especially when he was playing consistently. I mean, it, you couldn't tell. If you, if, you, if you were rewinding and fast-forward, you couldn't tell if it was a four-foot putt on Thursday on the 18th hole or a six-foot putt on 18 on Sunday to win a golf tournament. I mean, it was almost to the split second. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, just, that's just a great sign of someone that's really disciplined, someone that's really in the moment, someone that really trusts what they're doing, how they go about their execution. That's what we're all striving to do. And uh, I think that's, that's, I think that's to you, I, th- I think when you say it, you kind of take that for granted. But that is one of the rarest things for an uh, athlete or a business person to be able to do is rely on their routine. Typically, even a guy like Tiger Woods, who's an outstanding player, it's mundane, grinding, repeatable stuff that gives him, like even your golf swing is a highly repeatable golf swing. I think that's one of the th- reasons that you are successful across the board is your golf swing's repeatable. There's not a lot of swings like yours on tour, but it's just right. it's, it's a really replicatable golf swing for you. I want to talk about practice just real quick because I want I want to get into that because I got a son who will kill me if I don't ask you this question, and I think business people <laughs> this can apply too. What is practice like for you? In other words, is it uh, you just said something? You work on your strengths most of the time, but you get tired of it. Is it the same thing typically? Do you mix it up, or what's practice look like for you? No, I think it's a great question. Um, I basically know when I go to the golf course what I'm going to do, how long I'm going to do it, what my breaks are going to be, when I'm going to eat, et cetera. And uh, I think it has to be, though. I mean, uh, you know, I only have so much time throughout the day, and I'm also, you know, I'm also 40 years old where right. my body can only do so much. So I go to the gym. That's a typical, you know, start, get a good workout in, get limber, and, and hopefully, you know, just feel like your body's in a good position to hit, hit some golf balls and putt and chip. I get to the golf course, and – like you said, I, I, I bet my 90-plus percent of my practice covers three different things, and that's my driver, my wedges. When I say my wedges, I'm talking, you know, 110 yards and in, around the green, distance, distance control, and then obviously putting. So a lot of, you know, my putting specifically would be about 25% mechanics and then about 75% uh, on feel, on gains, really? on speed. Really, really. Um, you know, what, what I've learned in the game of golf is, is, you know, when it comes down to the golf swing, you can kind of say it's probably 75% technical and then about 25% feel. Mm. I think the short game and the putting stroke and, and, and putting in particular is probably the opposite. I mean, there, there's a number of ways to do it. Mm. And I think it's that 70, 75% feel, 25% mechanics, because 
it's just it, it just requires so much speed and feel around the greens that it, it's just imperative. So you know that that's where I try to do most of my practice. And I, I've got numerous drills, numerous games, and we're always trying to fine tune that. But um, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy the practice. Yeah, what you do is you, and this is for business guys too. You simulate game situations and you distill it down to the three things, four things, whatever it is that matter. That business people struggle to do that. It's an important lesson to take away is you got to simulate a real game situation with a client or a prospect or whatever it might be and then you got to distill down the two or three things you really need to be able to execute on under pressure. So, I want to ask you a couple things. I asked you a couple years ago. I said I said, "Do you love golf?" Because and the reason the context for this is this. I think some business people they hear all these things like you have to have passion, you got to love what you do. And I'm here to tell people I've made millions of dollars in business. I haven't loved what I do every second that I do it. And I certainly, yeah. I certainly fatigue on process sometimes. You rely on process. I rely mm. on process. But let me tell you what you said back to me. It was interesting because I remember I, I've repeated that you said this to me to other athlete friends of mine. And mm. I, I said what he said was, he goes, I don't know. I, I like golf, but I've, and you said, I friggin' love competing. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like, and I know it's hard to talk about yourself this way, but are you kind of like one of those nutball competitive type people, like no matter what it is, and that's got to give you some edge. What did you mean when you said that? Elaborate a little bit. Yeah. No, yeah, I did say that. You're, that's, that's really good memory. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, again, I, I do. I like the game of golf. I mean, you know, I, I don't, if I take a week off, I don't really have a massive itch to go practice or play like I once did, but I don't mind going there. Fortunately, I like the gym more so than I do the the game of golf, just because at this this day and age, the only way I'm going to keep competing is if I stay healthy. So longevity, injury prevention, the gym is a, is a mainstay. So with that, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy competition. It doesn't matter if I'm watching it, if I'm in it, if my kids are in it, if you know, my niece or my nephews, and I, I just enjoy it. I love, I love witnessing it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love winning. I mean, there's no question I like winning. But, you know, as an athlete, I guess, and as a competitor, I, I probably get, I don't want to say satisfaction, I probably get more out of losing. I probably get more out of the, the moments where, you know, I, I put all the time in and, you know, I'm, I'm in the situation where I have an opportunity to win and I, and I don't come through. But man, I still love it. If anything, those moments drive me to be better. And I, I just, I don't know what it is. I, you know, fortunately, I don't mind the practice and the grind to get to those 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 situations. But I, I know I'm a realist in the sense that I it's just it's just not always going to come. You know, the ball's not always going to lip in. It could lip out, and right. that's okay. That's okay because I feel like sometimes I'm going to get my time. I'm going to get my shot, and I'm going to relish that when I get it. By the way, is that, uh, is that true? By the way, so I, I don't. I think it was a PGA. The year DJ had that issue in the bunker. I think people forget you could have won that golf tournament, couldn't you? Was that the yeah. year? Is that right? You, you, yeah. Okay, that, you finished like third. Right? You think you finished like third that year? No, no, that's right. I T three. That's correct. I could hear in your voice the little twinge, but but honestly, so yeah. you walked away from there not depressed or bummed out very long. It turned into more fuel for you. Really? Is that right? Well, you. No, I'd be lying to you if I said that. <laughs> okay. You know, when I, when I left the golf course, you know, the, the immediate feelings, the immediate, 
you know, I, I guess you'd say reflection was I was pretty upset. I don't want right. to say I was pissed, but I was mad. I mean, right. I, I can look back on it, Ed, and I can tell you that was at West Point Strays in 2010. That week was the best ball striking week I think I've had tee to green. Wow. Or at least one of the top three that I've ever had. And, and it was in a major. And I'm like, if my putting would have shown, it would have been a different story. But it didn't. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, if I look back on it, I mean, I made about a 12-footer for par and 18 to, to tie for third, you know. And quite frankly, we all know Dustin should have won the tournament by two shots instead of uh, instead of losing it. But, right. you know, that, that, that's irrelevant. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the immediate reaction after losing is not – necessarily a positive but if you if you sit back on it and, and think about it and look back on it, you're like well geez look at all look at what you did like you got yourself in that position you know the guy that came on top was just how much better that week mm. or again his putts looked in and yours didn't you know or right. he chipped in and you didn't you know i mean whatever it is it's just there's such a fine line when you get to the highest of level in any sport or any competition or any any venture any business i mean when it comes down to it, you, you really just got to accept the fact that you're just not always going to get the outcome that you desire or, or visualize. However, if you keep at it and you trust what you're doing, it's going to happen at some point. And, 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 I, and I fully believe in that. I've got great coaches that trust in me and I trust in them. And it's always a big picture. You, you know, the way I say it, you, you got to have a vision for the future, but your focus has to be right now. That's really good. Speak to that. I, we don't have too much more time, but – I love that, by the way. Um, that's like a replay, that part of the audio right there part. So <laughs> you, you just described uh, a few weeks ago you were talking exactly what you just said. I was sort of surprised. You talked about you get your team together every year and you forecast the next year, reflect on the previous year. And it, talk about what you, you shared that it was a little bit – I was struck. It wasn't all about just wins and losses for you as you forecast because a lot of people are going to hear this audio as we roll out into the new year their new business mm. year. And you you said some things. There. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was struck by you were more about the measurements of specific aspects of your game than necessarily the big result. In other words, it wasn't about I want to win 11 times. It was about I want to be a hit blankety-blank fairways in regulation or whatever it was. Talk about how you approach your planning and your goal-setting type stuff for a second. Sure, yeah, I mean – you know, what we've learned is, you know, there, there's usually three or four, well, four or five in particular, but three or four each year stats that really can elevate my golf game and get me in a position to win golf tournaments. I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, you can write your bulletin board goals, your, you know, put them up there and list them. You know, I want to win majors. I want to be in contention in this, and I want to make this team, and da 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 Well, sure, but how are you going to get there? You know, so all of ours are objective-based. Hmm. And and it, within those objectives is practice. What drills am I going to do? What, you know, what sort of games am I going to replicate so that my practice is transferable, right? Yeah. So with all that being said, I mean, we, we, we break it down and get to the point where and it, we hash it out. There's a lot of discussion and even heated discussion. I mean, it's, it's healthy. I wouldn't want it any other way because, uh, like you said in the very beginning of this conversation, it's my business. It is yep. Technically, it's still my job. I don't know if it's a clear-cut job, but it, it, it is my vocation, and it, I'm going to give it 110%, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to certainly get the right team assembled and, and try to get better. I mean, that, you know, I don't want to get stagnant. I, wanna, I, don't, I mean, I like the word maintenance and certain things, but for the most part, I want to get better. And so that's what that time's about. It's about getting this crew together. We have a common bond. We have a common end-all, be-all vision for the future. 
But our focus is the next day. What am I going to do in practice that's going to allow me to get in a better position each and every week? Yeah. I think you... I think so many people think about these big picture things and they don't measure the tangible things they need to do. I mean, like if you're a sales guy, yeah, you'd like to be the make a million dollars a year, but are you making the phone calls every day? That it's so transferable golf and this it's 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 kind of odd to me how similar they are. Uh, you're in your gym right now. People probably wouldn't believe this, but it's it's 9:30 in the evening where you are and you are in your gym. And I've watched <laughs> I, I I was and you know that I love the gym. I I was. Yeah. I think modern business people are athletes. I think they should train physically. I don't mean they need to be ripped or buff, but I think you're careful. Although you recommended that one barbecue place to me, so I know you're not careful about every single meal. That barbecue place. <laughs> that, that place was awesome, by the way. But I. Def, but I know you're careful, and I. I was at your first win at the Bell South when you won. Right. And but I, but I've watched your body change and your dedication mm-hmm. to your body, and I. I've actually also observed your confidence change. Obviously, winning majors probably helps a guy's confidence. But I've watched, particularly a couple weeks ago when I saw you, your legs, your lower body's bigger than mine. I mean, your, your, your core <laughs> and your legs are, I mean, they look like, no, seriously, you watch it like a, a Manny Pacquiao. He's not a big man, but his lower half right. is so strong. And I noticed yeah. that in you. I was my gosh, his legs have changed. And so, yeah. for a second, what's your, what's your dedication to fitness? I mean, talk about that just for a second of how that applies. I think there's a little secret, too. I think knowing you're in the gym at 930 at night gives you some added confidence, knowing I'm doing stuff not every guy on tour is doing. I, I don't think yeah. it's just the physical strength. I don't think it's just the physical. What do you, talk about your dedication to your body and how that's changed real quick. Sure. No, I mean, you know, here, you're always looking for, uh, you know, one little thing that can elevate or take you to another level or even, you know, quite frankly, trump your, your peers, your, your opponents. Right. I mean, I'm always trying to figure out what's best, but one, it's not rocket science. I mean, I I can tell you, you know, for me, it's also finding time during the day. Shoot. We're also in the holiday season and my kids are all about Christmas fever right now. And so, (laughs) you know, we've got activities and homework and all sorts of things going on at home. And, but when that's done, I mean, today I had a good practice, you know, I worked out before I went, had a good practice and now I'm at home and, you know, I mean, I, I, we, we put in a little gym, makeshift gym in here so that I can do exactly what I need to do. If given the time and, and, you know, the kids are in bed. I mean, why not? Right. You know, I, I, even if it's just a stretch at the end of the day so that when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm ready. I mean, it, it's not, it's not like I'm going to sit in here and start doing bench press at nine thirty, but I'm, I'm certainly going to make sure my body is, in a position that, like I said, where I feel like tomorrow I can tackle it, I can hit it hard when I do go to the gym, and, you know, I can have a successful day of practice. Otherwise, you know, I mean, if I don't prepare for tomorrow, then quite frankly, tomorrow's today was irrelevant, and so is tomorrow. Um, so it's always, it's always it's, you know, it's always just taking, you know, whatever necessary steps it is for my body, which is my instrument, to be in, a, in the proper position. I love you know, I don't mind the cardio as much as I once did. I don't particularly care for it. I don't, I, I, mean, I don't love it, but I mean, I'll do it. Yep. Uh, but I love doing all the exercises that, that Dr. Troy uh, has put put in my plate, and and I mean, I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the benefits of it. I, you brought up one point. I'm not suggesting they're big. <laughs> I, I do appreciate. It. I wish my wife could have heard that. You know, <laughs> I, I love hammering my legs. I, I can love tell. It. I mean. Yeah. I, as an athlete, I mean, you know, I mean, I love, I played a lot of basketball, a lot of soccer as a kid, you know, and so that, that stamina endurance 
really was never much of an issue for me. But at, at 40, again, I, I, you gotta be a realist. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, there's, it's not, <laughs> you know, you, you can still stay in great shape and add muscle and get more flexible. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, you look to me physically like you're in the best shape of your life. I don't know whether or not that's accurate, but you do. So, I mean, I, I, I think everybody needs to hear that though. Every business guy ought to be moving their body every day, ought to be trying to gain that little advantage over. If it gives you five more minutes of endurance in a day to make one more phone call, you've outdone your competition. So I'm with you on a couple more things and I'm gonna let you go because it's late out there. Um, Please. Yeah. I want to ask you, a little quote I saw. You said, I don't play emotional golf. I play emotional golf. Do you remember saying that? What did it mean? I guess, you know, I may may have bastardized that. But but what I'm trying (laughs) to say there is is what I've learned in in certain instances, especially in certain tournaments, you know, everything's on the line when when it's, you know, a major championship or a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup or whatever it is. When those big tournaments arise, you know, how are you going to get through those situations? You know, and it's really understanding yourself. You know, the way I play, Ed, may not be appropriate for you. It may not be appropriate for the next guy. I mean, you know, I mean, in, in, in Ryder Cup play, you know, what's my partner? How is he, how does he play golf? You know, I don't want to, you know, hold him back. You know, I've played with the likes of Phil. He's been my partner a few times. I've played with uh, Hunter Mahan. I've played with um, a lot of guys that play like me, boring golf. And I also play with guys that just kill it, like a Jimmy Walker. So, you know, the point is, is understanding really emotionally how you play the game. You know, for me, it's, I, I don't need to let it out. I don't need to mm-hmm. let be that exuberant or that rah-rah. Some guys need to let it out. I mean, at the end, I might let it out. But in the, in the course of competition, I don't want to say I, I harness it or I bottle it, but I just it's, 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 it's an execution of a shot. And then it's a circle, and I go through it again and do the, and do it again. and you know for the next shot it's the same thing. It shouldn't be any different. So that's how I've always approached. It. I've learned that I think in the cups in particular, but also in major championships, my emotions will get the best of me if I don't play the emotional golf that I know, and that is really trying to take it out of it. I don't. I just don't need it that, to to uh, to be successful. That is awesome. That is awesome. If you go, yeah, I like that. If you go back to the beginning, let's go back. We'll, we'll go to the beginning to wrap things up. When we said this to me, it's actually, we passed this over, but it's one of the great stories in sports in 20 years. It really is that a guy, everyone tells the story about Michael Jordan, you know, supposedly didn't make his varsity basketball team. I, I'm highly skeptical of that story, but I, I know you did. You know what I mean? I just, maybe for a day you yeah. didn't, right? But He's Michael Jordan, right. so he's physically gifted. But I know I'm around you. I know you're not six four. I know I know you weren't yep. gifted with every. What changed? So you is it? I have a theory, and I think every business guy that I know that's very successful, from our new president to you know guys I know in in Transamerica yeah. Agon, have kind of a coach, and that coach sometimes guides them through their business swing. Is running into Mike Bender and a, him changing your – is that the primary difference, do you think, in changing your game from a guy who's so-so in high school? You know, I read you got right. one, one Division One scholarship offer, and you right. you're, you won the Claire Judd in the Masters. I mean, come on. Yeah. So is it was, yeah. it, was it that coach thing? What, what is it? Is it? Is that part of well, it? Yeah, for sure. If you're if you're gonna find one individual, you know, I mean, it's hard to really pick one. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I'm not suggesting that just to plug my team. It's just it's just very difficult. Yeah. I mean, he's been with me the longest, uh, quite frankly, even before my wife. But, um, 
so I've known him, you know, I've known him since 1999. So we've been together for 17 years. And yeah, he, I mean, he broke me down and built me back up. He saw something in me that, you know, and kind of took a chance on me, if you will. I mean, I didn't have any money then. Shoot, I was playing the mini tours and just trying to, you know, survive living out of my trunk. So yeah, yeah I mean, Mike would be certainly at, at the forefront of that. And then the other individuals that came alongside of him just enhanced it. But the, the other factor there specifically for me was I was a late bloomer in everything. I was late growing. I was late with my athleticism, with with my uh, just ability to compete. I mean, just every, everything yeah. was just a little bit late. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I know this is a the only example I can give you, and it's, <laughs> I guess there's some coincidence and irony both involved is, you know, from another sport would be Kurt Warner, right? Yes. He played at the University of Northern Iowa. Yep. He was a fifth-year senior starter. Mm-hmm. He was boxing shells at a grocery store. He plays the Arena Football League and maybe one other league, and the next thing you know, he's a two-time NFL MVP. Right. You know? Yep. Uh, we went to the same high school. So no I'm, way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my strange. gosh. That I know. Is but strange. My point is, is maybe, you know, and I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, thinking of my childhood, and I know Kurt – Shoot, when I was in high school or growing up, Kurt Warner was a basketball player. He, I mean, he was the quarterback, but he was a better basketball player. You know, and, and when I was growing up, I think my, my family certainly would have said, well, he has a pretty good jump shot and he can kick a ball okay. Golf, <laughs> you know, golf. Eh, That's you know, amazing. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it really wasn't, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't like a superior athlete. I was, I was moderately skilled and I just loved to compete. And yeah. it's amazing when, when, I'll tell you this, it's amazing once, you know, I got to college, all my sports time was golf. I left college, all of my time was golf. And really, you know, the dramatic the dramatic change happened really when I was able to devote all my work time mm-hmm. to golf. And then again, yeah. meeting Mike, meeting my wife, meeting Brad, meeting all these guys. And it, every little step along the way has just gotten, you know, it's just gotten that much better. It's such a great story. Do you ever sit back? I'm curious. But I ought to give hope to all you late-blooming business people that hear this too. There's time. There's a chance. And do, you, do, you, do you ever sit back? I'm curious. I, I, sometimes this happens to me, but are there days where you, you go, what the heck? Look at, like, I know you just moved into a new home. Like, do you ever go, can you believe this is happening? Or are you so used to being this way now that it's hard to remember how it used to be? Uh, a, a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. There's no question. I mean, we, we, I mean Ed, you, you've been back there, and you, you obviously know a lot of uh, – we have a lot of mutual friends, but I mean, I went back to Iowa for Thanksgiving and I was back there and, and saw some of my trans America, you know, people. And I, I've, you know, you, you just, you're, you're back, I'm back where I grew up and I'm like, man, this is where it started, you know? And now look where I'm at, you know? I mean, that, yeah, you, you might have that, that sort of thing kind of dawns on me occasionally. Yeah. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, if anything, I, what I don't want to forget is those, you know, three to four years where I literally was living in my car and trying to find the next super, you know, wow. Motel 6 Super 8 that I could crash at to play a golf tournament. Those are the years that I, I really want to continue to reflect on and relish and learn from because it, that, that makes, you know, the whole uh, getting to the PGA Tour that much sweeter, getting to, you know, or seeing your dreams realized that much sweeter. No question, um, man. That's... But, you know, I, I'll tell you, I mean, it, you know, it, I've, I've, I've had some success and I've tasted this and I've tasted that. I've been in this arena, I've been in that arena and, and, you know, it's fulfilling for a, a period, but 
when it comes down to it, it's not the most fulfilling thing in life. And I, and I don't ever want to take my, my, my profession, my vocation. I don't ever want to make it my number one priority. And I never, I hope it, it never will be. It never really has been. There's times, you know, where I have a reality check and my wife will, you know, mm-hmm. you know, proverbially slap me around a little bit and, <laughs> and get me back going. But, you know, the moment that, that my job, rules my life is, is the moment that I, it's going to get me, it's going to, it's going to chew me up and spit me out. So, mm. you know, you got to have perspective, but I love the journey. I love the journey. I love the work. I love the journey. And, uh, I wouldn't change a second of it. I love this call. Like that's my favorite part about you is what you just said. And that was my last question. So we'll finish with that. I love what you just said. It's my favorite thing you said. And that is that I know for you how important your family is. And, but mm. the thing I want to finish with, if you don't mind, and that is that I, the thing probably I admire a little bit even beyond that is your faith. And I know, mm. I know that that's not something athletes talk a lot about, but I, I'd be curious as to how, if you wouldn't mind just saying for a minute, and we finish on that, how central that is to your life. Does it give you comfort when you're playing the game? Does it give you perspective? How does your faith, I guess, find its way into your golf game and the rest of your life? What's its place in your life, if you don't mind elaborating on it? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, what, what I've, uh, I, guess, I guess, you know, in, in, any, in any profession, and then you get to a certain age, you're always kind of like, okay, why am I here? What's the purpose of this? What's, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, I mean, is this, is this, is this where the Lord wants me or – you know, whatever it is. And, and, you know, I've had a many a moments where I've asked that question and, you know, it, it never, you know, I, I pray about this. I pray about that. And may not, I may not get the answer I want immediately, but in time, my prayers are answered. And, and it's, it, it's one of those things where if I sit back and look back on it now, Ed, it's, it's, I mean, my life's been a complete blessing and it's, it starts with the family that raised me. It starts with the wife that I met along the way and now having three kids. And it just so ha- just so happens that I hit a golf ball, chased it, and hit it again. And um, hmm. you know that that's again. I, I if my profession defines me, I, things are just going to go completely askew. And um, I, I love I love the fact that you know the Lord gave me some intangible, I guess innate you know uh, uh, traits where competition and you know being being a competitor and an athlete is wonderful. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I, I know that's where he's got me for a reason. I, I, I understand that, you know, the way I see it as a Christian, my ministry is my, my game of golf. That's mm. how I can certainly, uh, um, expand on and, and people can get to learn about what Zach Johnson's all about. What is, what is, what his priorities are all about. And, and, you know, and it, it really is, it's faith first and family and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I if you're going to get me, you're going to get all of me. So, you know, I, as, as a believer, as a Christian, it, it just helps me align my priorities, and and each and every day, you know, I, it, it again, every, every day can be a struggle. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, what 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 you're up against. But when it comes down to it, you know, if if, if you firmly believe that that there's a higher calling, and in my instance, in Jesus, I mean, I, I it doesn't matter what I'm going to tackle. I know in the end. Uh, he's got my back, and um, you know I'm not suggesting it's going to be W's, wins and losses. That, that that part's irrelevant, but in the grand scheme of things, you know I don't want my legacy to be wrapped around golf. My legacy should be wrapped around the fact that 
shoot, he treated people the way they were supposed to be treated. He's got three great kids, and and you know, and he calls Jesus Christ the Savior. That's really all that matters. That is wonderful. By the way, and you do do that. You've actually got me a little choked up there because I love what you stand for, and I appreciate you being bold enough to stand up and say it as well. So I really, Zach, I got to tell you, I. I enjoyed this very much, and uh, I know the people that will hear it. Well, likewise, hope we can do it again. <laughs> I'm sure you're dying to, but I got to tell you, I enjoyed it, and I know the people that are going to listen to it will as well. So, God bless you, brother, and I appreciate the time. And I know the people that listen got great value from it, and and get a little bit more insight into what's made you so successful. So, thank you so much. This is the Admiral Show.